And welcome everyone to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brendan, and joining me tonight is Mama Kay. Hi, everybody. I'm supposed to have Jess on tonight, but she got caught up with work, election-related. Boo! That. Boo! Work <laughs> yeah. over podcast. No. Well, but this is this is kind of our work. I know she needs to, but uh, she has her, her, her money job is making her work. Uh, <laughs> tonight we are doing in the vast of or just the sorry the vast of night. I almost said in the vast the vast of night. Uh, it is an Amazon or it came out on Amazon Prime earlier this year. I don't know if it's a Prime movie. It was at uh, some film festivals last year, but it came out wide this year. Uh, it is a, like a sci-fi mystery movie, and I assigned this blindly to Mama Kay. I'm assuming you had not heard of this? No, not at all. 2020 movie, so that's the reason we're doing it. Ever, from here on out, we're trying to only do 2020 movies just so we can keep doing things that are new, relevant. 2020, yeah. And yeah, and this is probably something smaller. Maybe not everyone's heard of it. I like to try to find those, bring them to the show if they're going to have something, if there's going to be anything to talk about. And uh, let's see if there is. Uh, one <laughs> night in New Mexico in the late 1950s, a switchboard operator and radio DJ discover a strange audio frequency, which could change the future forever. So if that sounds interesting to you, if you like sci-fi mystery, which is what this what this is, uh, smaller film. I uh, don't recognize the people in it. I mean, I've seen them once or twice, but they're not names. Uh, Sierra McCormick and Jake Horowitz are the leads. Um, so if you have any interest on Amazon Prime, we're going to spoil it now. We rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall essence and feel of the movie. And before the movie movie starts, uh, it's we start uh, in like a framing device where we're kind of <laughs> zooming in on a very old school television and an old school uh, room. And uh, it's when I say old school, it's like 1950s and yeah. zooms in on the TV, which reads the vast of night in an old Twilight, uh, Twi- Twilight Zone style font and music cues. And we slowly zoom in on the TV and are enveloped into this world of uh, Cayuga, New Mexico. And we meet our lead characters, Everett, uh, who is a DJ, and he is at a high school basketball game, uh, getting things ready there. And then we also meet Faye Crocker, who is uh, the switchboard operator at the at the radio station that Everett works at. And the two of them, at the beginning of the movie, are just kind of going through, meeting some people, having some conversations. Uh, they have some talks about like stuff that like futuristic stuff. Uh, and then the movie kind of picks up a little bit once they actually get to the get to the radio station and a weird broadcast sound comes over the air and it's cutting all the phones off and it's this weird like humming humming like blip kind of sound uh and they get a call from a listener who says they recognize the sound and uh they they heard it on a government job and we go down a mysterious path of what is the sound and uh, where is it coming from and why is it coming up only certain times and uh, we're going to try to figure out what that sound's coming from, from all kinds of small corners of this town, and uh, Faye and Everett are going to investigate. So that's yeah. pretty pretty easy, broad strokes. What do you think of this plot? Okay. Well, I think the sound, though, didn't come from the radio station at first. It came from the switchboard. That wasn't... She was like the switchboard operator for the whole town. That's how it used to work, is there was somebody in town that had... that made all your calls go through. So she wasn't actually at she wasn't actually. No, she wasn't at the. Ra- they were two separate station. buildings, but I thought that was strictly for the radio station. She was operating no, for the whole town. No, that was for the whole, like the whole area. Every area, every uh, like exchange code, I guess you want to call it. So it'd be like the first three numbers of your phone now. 
um, had a switchboard op a switchboard and switchboard operators that would basically so if I were to call you I would have to go call the switchboard operator and then she would connect me with you so every one of those holes that's in her switchboard is like your house my house you know that kind of thing so mm. that's how she knew like if she was going to call somebody she would like pull a cord out and stick it into you know Betty's line or whatever and 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 catch you to that so she it was coming through um somebody had called the called the switchboard or whatever and and she and found the sound and then she's she's the one who relayed it onto onto Everett and then Everett put it on the radio and then that guy called in and and then and then it starts the whole ball rolling um that's that's nitpicky though because this is so cool this is such yeah. a cool movie i i'm gonna start with my only nitpick of the movie is that their their call sign for the radio station is w-o-t-w which i assume is a throwback to war of the worlds back hg wells back in what but it would be a k station yeah it would be a k station right west of the mississippi yeah. they're all k stations east of the mississippi they're all w stations um same with TV. nicole just learned that the other day actually she did not know that either because uh, when we were in colorado she would they all the stations were k and i pointed out she's like i had never noticed that they were all w east coast but yeah, yeah i think a lot of people don't think of it it's not something i don't know i it's something for me that i found intriguing that when i was little it's like how come we don't have any w's all of my radio stations are k's so yeah, so that was my one nitpicky thing is like, oh, I get that they wanted this to be set in New Mexico because that gives it, you know, sort of some credence with, you know, alien kind of situation, which I just said the A word, I think, for the first time, right? Um, yeah, but we're in spoilers, so people I'm yeah. have either seen it or don't care <laughs> <laughs> or, could, or yeah. could have figured out what it was. Right. New Mexico gives you a thing. Yeah. Um this movie is, I, this is not going to be everybody's bread and butter though. And uh, because no. I think that it's just, it's, it's quirky. It's a straightforward plot, but it's really nicely, li- nicely put together and interwoven. Um, it's got very few characters, but everybody's really sort of, sort of, imp- you know, important. Anybody that has a, more than just a, you know, a trite little line is really important to this. Really, there's like, three or four of them i guess maybe five so i would say four and then that other couple kind of matters yeah yeah yeah, they were five and six right yeah Yeah. um so um but the plot of this movie is you know it's fun and interesting it's like it you have to kind of put yourself back in you know there's no way to find out any kind of information about anything so you there's no you know there's no internet there's you can't you know you can't google something and this comes across and it's really unusual and they you know they're just on this quest to figure out what's what's going on and it's something that's close to them because the person who calls is you know is within their calling realm so it's something something is happening close to them with this sound and this woman is saying that she's seeing something in the sky or there's an object um and so the fact that they react to it sets the whole ball rolling and um the the characters that come out because of it one character we never see we only hear him we hear his story on the radio um Mm -hmm. and that takes the that takes the path that takes the story down down the path and i and i love that um having yeah um i think the plot is really great i think it's a four and a half I, uh, as a f- big fan of old Twilight Zone, this is just like so wonderful. This is like such a treat. And that, I'm not uh, a fan of Twilight Zone. It's fine. Like I always thought it was weird and oh, too off putting. 
I go. I had never seen it younger. I go back now as a twenty-something-year-old, and it's yeah. old. It's old TV, which no one like. No one goes back and watches old TV unless you are old because <laughs> it's not good. It's bad. <laughs> uh, but there's like very small exceptions. And Twilight Zone, like it's still old. Like you can still you still feel like everything's like dated, but it's still like the writing's still really good. Some of the twists are great. They're in bite-sized chunks, and that's my biggest critique of this. Is I do wish it were not an hour and a half long. I I um. The first half hour is a lot of setup till we get to the uh, the switchboard and the radio station, um, which was like enjoyable banter. I like some of the conversations they were having, especially when they're walking and she's talking about the things that will come in the future and the things that he believes are going to happen and won't believe. And right. like, like all that dialogue is just like really fun and like like uh, smart. I like some of the camera stuff they do when we get to that later. Um, but, but I think once that we makes hit- it believable that they would pursue this. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Like it's it is long. It's a little bit long in the in the in the beginning, but I think that that's what makes it believable. These two will pursue, you know, the rest of the story that's going to drive the plot. I mean, it really flushes them both out. You really understand both of them pretty well, and they're both like different, but you understand why they're friends and why they're and they're both rootable. So that's helpful. And I, you know, it it takes. I, I think they could have done a little quicker. That's a small critique, though, because once we hit the middle portion at the radio station and we get our first caller, that's like I was edge of my seat. I haven't been edge of my seat very much this year, <laughs> especially at home. But like when <laughs> when when our call our first caller Billy, when we get to characters telling his story, edge of my seat. That is so well written. The delivery is so good. Yeah. And then to the end, like I'm pretty hooked. Uh, when we get to the ending, we'll talk about that. But like once we actually hit the the mystery sci-fi part of the movie it's it's so it's so like just enjoyable and like you just sucked right in and uh and, and it's also throwbacky when we get to like some of the camera uh decisions they do when they pull back and make it look old and then it really makes it still fe- it makes it feel like it was made today but it fits back then it's hard to do that and i think they did it yeah. well I, i'm at a four or five for the plot um my only problem is yeah a little bit of pacing at the beginning i wish we could go a little quicker to get to the stuff but what do you cut it's an hour and a half 10 minutes you cut and i would be happy so i would not, i don't think big... i want anything to be cut though i really i liked all yeah. that i i did like that i you know that they took so much time with them and and you know, her learning how to use this new machine, this tape recorder, you know, with a microphone. And it was just mm. sort of, I don't know, I really, I, I knew that there was something coming. And, and that's kind of it. I was like, I was anticipating it so much through through them, but not in a, I don't know, not, you know, sometimes I get too wigged out by something and I don't want, you know, I don't like scary movies. So I was like, oh, I wasn't at the, oh, this is gonna be scary. I was just like, okay, this is really enjoyably, you know, cryptic. I'm glad you didn't get felt like a jump scare was coming because I was worried no. that once they got to the middle parts that you would be you would be start to get like afraid afraid. I'm like I think this is different. No. I think you, this is the the tone is not that. So the characters we got Faye, we got Everett, and the other two we haven't really talked about are Billy, the first caller, and Mabel, the second caller, who they go and visit. Yeah. Um, and then we also have small character parts from Benny and Gerald. Uh, what do you think of these characters? You know the characters are really good and serviceable to the plot a movie that only has four characters i mean even though it's a relatively short movie they have to be really well done i don't know any of these actors and they did such i think they did such a really good job like you said trying to you know this is a modern film and it looks modernly made but it looks old-timey for real and these 
I believe that these characters would totally exist back in that time. Um, I like that they're just different enough. I mean, there's just a different enough age difference between the two main characters that you don't get caught up in anything else except for what they're doing and how they're driving the plot. And there's one, there, well, we'll get to that. Like, well, the part where she's at the switchboard, it's this huge, long scene. And I'm like, how, how am I interested in her switching things back and forth into plugs, into holes mm-hmm. for like 10 minutes? I don't know how long it was, but it felt like it was a long time. Um, Scenes are and, long in this, even the inter- interesting ones and the less interesting ones. They, they really let them, everything breathe here. Yeah. Which is it's mostly good, I think. No, I think it's, yeah, I think it's mostly good. I think there are people who don't like talking and film and they want to see action. That's going to be a problem for them because this is all the talking. And maybe and... it's good Jess missed this one. She might have been bored by this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and for me, I'm thinking I can see, I, I don't, I don't know where any, how anybody could do that because it was really well written and the characters were really well fleshed out. And, and I'm saying the same words over and over again because they were and, you have to have all of that work in order to make this work. I think that this was fairly genius. Um, the characters, though, are probably the least, I don't know, on a number scale, that's going to be the least thing for me, just because other things were really, really, really good. Uh, so I'm going to give the characters a four. Yeah, I'm actually also at a four. It sounds like we're going to line up pretty well. On this, actually. Yeah. Uh, Everett and Faye are good back and forth. I like both of them for different reasons. I get a little frustrated with both of them at t- different times for different reasons. Everett's a little too. Everett's a little too, you know, uh, full of himself. I guess like a little too bossy. But, like, he can, yeah, he can like mostly back it up. So I and and like he's not mean about it. So like, but but that also makes him feel real. That also makes him feel like not a completely painted like here's our protagonist and he's and he's squeaky. Yeah. Like he's he's got he's got some edge and Fa- and Faye's a good uh, naive, curious gets you know gets stronger and like more confident as we go. Kind of part yeah. of the story, yeah, which yeah. is a good a good character, especially for the, for back then. Putting this in the fifties, those are two good types to work with. Uh, Billy is such a great character, and you never <laughs> see him. Right. Billy is so well done. Like I, I understand Billy almost more than our two leads. I feel like Billy, when he tells his story and he tells his backstory, it, it felt like like an audio book. It was so, it was so I, tight. Yeah, was, I thought that too. Because, like, you know, when we get to Vision Sound, that scene, there's a couple of it does a couple of things, very small things, but it's mostly, you know, either focused on Everett or focused on black space, and uh, and. Like you just get this great, crazy, huge backstory from Billy, and and it he he tells it so well. It, it's hard for a writer to tell a story believably like a character would, but also keep the beats going and like keeping you on the edge. Right. Uh, and then Mabel Mabel is like a good like after Billy, I was like, oh, now we got the old lady, we got Mabel. What's what's Mabel's part of the story going to be? And hers is good, not as powerful as Billy's, but still like intriguing a little more conventional maybe but everything everything's rises on the writing is really good and everyone sells their performances really well especially billy his voice alone which is very impressive gail croner i don't know this actor but uh, yeah. uh, that's the that's the woman bruce davis is the man bruce davis is billy i uh, do not know this actor either so uh, bravo to them uh, it's it's a four for the characters um the yeah. visual and sound what are the what do you stands out in here um everything like yeah. literally yeah. from the time it started. I'm surprised you liked this so much. I didn't know if you were going to like like this as much as I did. I don't know that I mean it's not I don't think it would be something I would seek out because it is very twilight zoney. 
Um, but it's also, it's better than that. Like, because it has modern, uh, filmmaking te- techniques and it utilizes them well, the way that, so that in the movie, they, there's, you know, it's straightforward and I feel like we're, we're watching it in real time, right? Like, this is like an hour and a half of my time is an hour and a half of what's happening in this movie. I feel pretty much. Pretty um, close because there's also the basketball game going on the right. whole time. So there's, it's got to be right around there. Yeah. I mean, at the very, maybe we, we're squeaking out an extra half an hour. Maybe there's a two hour, you know, basketball game. But, at the um, most. yeah. Yeah. But I think that as it's at, you know, the, the different, the way that they engage the different techniques during the movie are really effective. Um, in the beginning, you know, like you said, you're coming in and you're seeing the, the television screen. And that happens a couple times. Um, during the movie, yeah, so, they go, they like cut out and keep seeing going, and then they zoom back in. Yeah, um, and what do you think the the reasoning was behind that? Well, for for what it helped for me was it was drive home because at the beginning when we're zooming in, we're still zooming in the story, and it feels old, like it's in black and white. The voice is that old timey voice kind of sounding you hear, yeah. like it's it feels like something that was made back then, and then once we get in. It still feels like that, but it also completely feels modern, and it was made today. And it, I don't know how it, it's it's a it's a real genius trick to make it feel like it was. It's both super authentically old, which is hard to do. It's one of like it's because it, you watch like even like I love Mad Men, but it feels like you know modernish modern kind of yeah. writing and and behavior. This feels like like completely like it was made then, but made now at the same time. And then when you zoom out. You realize, like, because the conversations they start to feel like those old, like uh, when the one uh, the uh, uh, Faye goes home and she's talking to her mom. That's one of the points it zooms out, and that conversation and the way everyone's dressed and the framing of the camera it makes it feel like it's just a shot, like an old Twilight Zone episode. Right, and then you right. zoom back in, and then it, it picks right up without skipping a beat. I think it's um, it 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 helps drive home the point that this is an old Twilight Zone episode, but we made it today. And that keeps you engaged. I mean, I think I think it does. I think that that's part of it. And I'm going to ask a question now that I don't even know the answer to. But um, was this just in black and white? No, I don't think Are so. Are you no, sure? This was not black. Yeah. Well, I'm not, yes, I am sure now because it was black and white, and then they would zoom in. It was slowly coming to color. I'm thinking the gymnasium had color to it. It was not in black and white. Did it? Whatever it was, it was a washed out tint. Then it wasn't. There was nothing. Well, it was always dark, and everything was either black, brown, or gray. Yeah, there was yeah. brown, though. Like there was, it was color. A, it was super sepia all the t- all the time. Um, but I think it was just like everyone wore the you know clothes that were not flashy either, and like every all the scenes are in you know a room where it's you know, and maybe that's why they did the black and white zoom out when they go to the mom's house. Cause yeah, there was yeah. So, it, it would feel too flashy otherwise, and then we yeah. cut. And then we cut back in, yeah. Even the, and I think even most of the times that we're dealing with the characters, a lot of the the long pieces, like um, when she's at the switchboard, I think those those feel old timey too. They're they're kind of taken from the same perspective as they would have been, you know, back in the day. There's not it, it's not clever camera work in that in that sense. It's just one sort of shot. Um, a lot sort of sort of shot a little bit from below i guess a little bit that gives it there's a lot of shot and that invokes a lot of shadow and and you know really gives it sort of it it enhances that sepia tone there's camera work where the camera is really low on the ground when they're going through the streets whenever there's 
whenever there's a lot of movement, that's where the camera is. And I find that really uh, evocative. Like that really gets me. I like it. That's um, what kept me engaged in the beginning the most and why I forgave most of its longness is because when we're doing, you know, it's it's the perceived one shot where we're following him into the gymnasium and he walks all the way through and he walks all the way out and he walks yeah. with, with Faye. Like that whole thing is like, obviously there's cuts, but like it's a perceived one shot and it's very fluid. Yeah. But I think it's even more, I mean, there are piece, there are other pieces in the film where it's even better utilized, especially toward the end. I don't want to give up anything, but when uh, they're coming out of the gymnasium, I think that that's like, okay, this, I really, I really like the positioning of the camera here. I like, um, the, the background music is a hundred percent Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> situation the theme song i'm like that's like i was trying to think i was like is this is this from a different uh a different um what's his name uh oh rod serling rod serling i was like yeah i was like it's it's sterling but not sterling it's, it's Ster- not him yeah, but yeah but, but like, like he's him. he's done a bunch of shows and they all have that kind of music yeah. and like yeah. it felt it just fits in that universe and it's also a little bit i mean maybe i'm out of place here but a great big beautiful tomorrow from <laughs> From Disney, some of um, it feels a little bit like that for some reason. Like, I, I guess don't... I don't. I only have I only have our my our like parodied memories in our brain where I, <laughs> I I'm with our my brother and he's hates it there and I'm like <laughs> I don't want to be like this is weird and slow and yeah I only I only have I only have uh, childhood memories that I'm sure have been altered <laughs> through jokes. <laughs> no, it just I don't know. There's I I think it's probably probably the the time period basically that really kind of lends itself to that um yeah the 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 music of it the ba- I, you know even the soundtrack there's a lot there is a lot of uh very carefully chosen music from the time but none of it's really recognizable but you think you recognize it it's kind of interesting uh this is one of those movies where it's like you think you know all the stuff but it's just a little bit different um and then toward the end, when we meet our new friends, it feels very Close Encounters. <laughs> so it's like, how did this yeah, happen? That this almost turned into Close Encounters. Um, so I really liked it. I'm going to give that part of this movie a five. I really, really liked it. It's It feels um, extremely original. Or, or not, it feels so unoriginal, but so fresh. Yeah. That's... Like it, it feels like I've seen every single everything that this is done more than once in many places. It's a combination, combination of things, and it feels so like a breath of fresh air. Which is, it's just so that's so hard to do all, to balance all these things out. It's um, it and I, I this director hasn't made anything else yet, uh, any other big movies. Andrew oh, Patterson, wow, okay. and I'm hoping this isn't like uh like a Richard Kelly ca- case where he made Donnie Darko and then he's never made anything else that's even close to as good. Like I'm hoping he didn't like shoot a shot and this is like this is just it was like a stroke of fate and everything worked out. I'm hoping whatever he makes next is is follows like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I echo most of, like, the music I was going to definitely point out, the, the Twilight Zone nature. Um, we already talked about the Warners and the zoom out shots, so not not a whole lot more to, to add. I mean, we're, I'll, I'm at like a four or five. I'm not quite as, like, perfect on it. Um, I, I, I love that. I did like the conversation, uh, I already mentioned it, where they're talking about, like, she talks about the three things are going to happen in the future. And he, he's like, well, I'll, I could buy that everyone's going in hyperspeed tubes everywhere, but <laughs> everyone has a little device in their hand where they can make <laughs> phone calls. That's ridiculous. Like, right, where well, you can like, see people on the device? No way. Yeah. <laughs> 
and like it's 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 it's, it's like it's like uh, it makes you and then maybe that's where you get the big great big beautiful tomorrow is like you look at like their maybe. vision of yeah. now and like it's like it's so that vision of now where like they have none of the smart devices right they everything's still bulky and huge and like there's robots walking around and flying cars is the classic and like no none of that's like <laughs> if you thought practically like none of that actually makes sense and where things would go. Right. Um, but, so we haven't really talked a whole lot about like what literally happens though, and like what's actually yeah. happening in the thing. So that the sound when Billy calls in, he says the sound reminds him of a job he was on uh, with a bunch of people he didn't know, and he didn't like. The, the, it was the only job they'd ever been on, and they were like digging a hole in this military base. Uh, and every all the workers he points out were black or Mexican. Uh, they said he thinks they did that on purpose so that no one that and all different people so that no one could tie their stories together right. and be less likely to believe them. So I liked all that, and I'm not doing justice at all because the way Billy tells the story is so incredibly engaging. Where you're like, well, why? Oh, and but but what about? Oh, and then like, and he drops like little <laughs> names of other characters that we don't ever meet, and he has the the lung condition, which is related to everything. But um, basically, we find out there's more clues in a tape he sent in, uh, which has supposedly the same exact sound. And I like that's another just like classic scene where they're going through the tapes one by one, right. talking about what they want to do, but they have to literally go through the tapes. Another throwback to like you wouldn't, have, no one even thinks about doing that now. Um, and so they find that tape that matches. They get the call now from Mabel, uh, and they go and meet her. And yes. she's whispering some weird alien mantra, and she talks about how it's aliens. She thinks it's aliens. She had a son that was abducted. No one believed her. She thinks they're doing all these crazy things that are controlling parts of the world. Uh, but, you know, it, uh, they're affecting war, uh, all conflicts, alcoholism, um, like all kinds of crazy things. That they're in uh, charge of and, all of that. Yeah, they're and, and they come to small towns and find vulnerable people when the small town is a major event, which is the basketball game in this case. Everyone right. in the town. And I, that's another detail I love is like, that's, the, that's a throwback-y thing where like, the whole town's at the basketball game, so no one's right. gonna see what's going on in the outskirts. That would never happen now. No one goes. To, no one in the whole town goes to the the basketball game. That's that's right. so antiquated. But like, no, but they, they talk so about well it's such time. a yeah, it's such a small town where like the the girl talks that she's like, I don't ever get in a car. I just go run everywhere. I just walk everywhere because everything is you know accessible. So. Right, yeah. yeah, and another that's another like old timey thing. Like no one just like I don't have a car. I walk everywhere. It's not an answer. It's like I walk everywhere <laughs> because I live in the city, or I have a car. Like you know, it's never just right. I walk everywhere because it's it's easy. Like because it's something. almost easier than a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, such a such an old timey thing. But um, the they play back a recording of Mabel speaking that alien uh, language at the beginning while they're driving, and they nearly crash the car and. Uh, that's who's driving at that point. Gerald and Gerald yeah. and Benny are driving at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah, kind of gets and, he kind of gets into a trance and almost like crashes the car. Yeah, they get into a trance, and that's when yeah they flee Everett and Faye into the middle of the woods, and that's when they realize that the aliens are real and they've arrived in the town. 
and they see the spaceship rejoin <laughs> with the mothership, and there's like the swirling winds, and uh, this is that shot you're talking about. We go back to the basketball game. The crowd's leaving the basketball game from that kind of far away low shot, and everyone like it's it, no one's leaving. It's just the doors, and then everyone opens, and we're just kind of walking out to their cars. And uh, Everett, Faye, and Maddie are all gone. Only their footprints and the tape recorder remain, and yep. we zoom back out. Fast of night. So, what do you think of uh, this resonance and feel? This is really good. <laughs> it's it's you know it's it has such a feel of being such a an old an old thing, and because it doesn't have to, there's no you know you never see an alien. Nobody actually says the word alien. There's you know there's no fights. There's no there's nothing basically. There's you know it just happens. And I like it. I like the way I like, I like how this is done. This is really unexpected for me. So, um, and it, it feels small and intimate, but, uh, I feel like the, the people who made this took such care with this story and, and everything about it. And really, like you said, I really hope it's not, it seems like there's a lot in this and I hope it's not a one, one off for these guys. So I want to ask you a question, though, because the the woman at the end, she Mabel, she she tells the story about how she had this son and um, the it's quirky how, you know, the father's not in the picture. And mm-hmm. um, she says that they want to go where there's a large gathering. And I feel like she's. I feel like she's an alien. <laughs> oh, you think she's in on it? I think she's in on it. I think she got these. I think it was on, you know, it came on the radio. She took advantage of that. She called in and she says, I know a story. Um, and I don't know that her story is at all true. I think she is a plant and that's how she gets them on the ship. So by that logic, do you think Billy has anything to do with anything? Um, It's hard to know because I don't really... I don't know whether Billy is local, quote unquote. You know what I mean? I don't feel like he's, I don't know that he's experiencing all the things that are happening right there in that town. I feel like he's just, somehow it got to him and he has the, he has the dope on it. You know, he's, he's getting, he's letting us know what's happening. Um, But in order for Mabel to get them to come and, you know, bait them into the, the ship if this if this is your maybe maybe theory, billy is maybe billy, billy would one too. billy would necessarily have to because otherwise i don't think they would fall like if they got that weird sound and we didn't have billy's story and then this old lady called and said it was aliens i think that ever and Faye, the characters we've come to know would be yeah. less inclined and probably wouldn't go and do something so if mabel is an alien which i did not think of at all and i still don't really <laughs> buy into that but if she were yeah. billy i think would kind of story necessarily have to be and i just don't even want that to be true because i like I, I love billy's backstory so much i just love i love this man oh i think that billy still doesn't have to be an alien i think that billy still could have had the part that he had in you know the story but he has to be in on it then he has to have he has to be a heel he has to be against her protagonist, which I don't want to imagine. I want to imagine Billy's a good guy. No, I think Billy, no, well, I mean, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, though, but maybe he's just like, okay, I, I'm hearing this sound, and I've got to tell the story. And who knows whether or not this has not happened, like, this Mabel alien person is not a plant in every town, do you know what I mean? Waiting for the opportune moment for this to happen. I have no idea. I just felt mm-hmm. like she was a little too... 
bizarre. And the fact that she said that, you know, everybody's at the, everybody is there. That's where they're going to want to go and get them. And then that's what led them to, that's what led our two, you know, people to go out into the area and, and then they get abducted and they don't abduct the whole stadium full of people. Why not? Well, no, they only, well, they, that's the, the aliens only want to come and, small little areas they they go to stay as undetected as possible because like you know again this is before modern technology this is when you couldn't just like the world isn't connected so if right. someone disappears in a small town and no one's around to see it you know that's what makes mabel look like the crazy person because she's got the kid and like no one's gonna believe the the same the single mom in the 50s we didn't even play that up that much but like you know you got a single mom oh but she a was a single was a mom probably in that. the 30s i mean because she's old in the 50s okay so even so. more of a stigma then like even yeah. more like yeah. oh like you're just a crazy woman who probably didn't raise your kid right because right, and like yeah so even more of her, she's almost she's almost as unbelievable to the other people as as billy or any other you know of his black and mexican workers would have been i know put yourself in their shoes though they're hearing the story i mean we we're removed 50 years you know what i mean and we've we've heard all the alien stories that you can think of and but these guys are hearing this for the first time i mean how how bizarre and cool and I don't know. Just really well, that's what makes this so good is because yeah. they can convincingly put you there. They convincingly yeah. like make you feel like it's it's your first time watching a movie with aliens. Like yeah. or like it's or like this story, which has been told a million times, is fresh now. Uh, and it's just it's, it's really clever. Uh, but I'm going to knock the ending uh, some. I don't like the ending a ton. I think it's fine. I think it's a fine, safe way to go when you've been this, when you've done it this well so far. There's no re. I mean, I think it's a fine way to end it. It's not a, it's not anything that's going to ruin your story no matter what, and it's not going to rub anyone the wrong way. Um, and it's a cliffhanger, and you don't get a bunch of answers. So I think it's perfectly fine. I was hoping for something more because it had been so cleverly written to this point. I was expecting a bigger, a bigger aha of some sort. I don't know what it would be. I don't have a better ending myself. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been better if Mabel was an alien? No, it's not. See, that's that's an ending. (laughs) See, that's an ending they could have gone with, but that would have. Yeah, I I think I would have liked if they did nothing better than did that, which is what they did. They did not nothing, but they get they did the predictable thing. They get abducted, and and no one finds out, and it ends on a cliffhanger. That's like the easiest kind of most predictable thing you could do. Um, But I was hoping it was going to be something else like something I hadn't thought of and then go back and be like, Oh, that makes sense. You know how like the best endings are. Um, Did, um, that's okay. So do you think it was a cliffhanger? I don't think it was a cliffhanger. I think they got abducted. Yeah. They got abducted, but like, but like, we don't know any, like we don't know anything about any, like we don't know what, like we, we know that they were burying, uh, what were they burying in the desert? Like what's, what happened with, and why do they get sick? And did Mabel's kid really get abducted? And what do they do? Like, we just don't know anything about. I know that that's not the story we're being told, but like, right. we are not. We don't like. We are. We don't like the loose ends. It's extremely loose. It's it ends like like any like any mystery would where you don't know it's going to happen. But like, I feel like in a Twilight Zone episode because this is very clearly coming off of that. The ending of most of those, whether I like it or not, I, I, I if I don't know what happens, I'm at least satisfied with the questions that it brought up to me. And right. I don't think this nails that. I think it's just a it's a good contained story. And I was hoping it for to have the big. Uh, I was hoping for an aha, and I don't think it delivered me an aha. Yeah. Okay. 
but that's that. still it's still a four. Like I'm not gonna like dog yeah. it. I'm not gonna vary it. Like it's I still really like this movie, and uh, it sounds like you as well. So you're gonna recommend the Vast of Night? Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's a really I mean it's it's a good time of year to watch something fun and kind of spooky and and you know it's getting colder out and yeah, watch this movie. It's fun. Vastonite's good. Vastonite's a small little gem that I like to I like I I maybe hardcore listeners and movie podcasts probably know about Vastonite or some of them do, but I don't think everyone everyone's heard of it. So if it's it's the sounds of like your thing, if you just heard the whole spoiler and don't care or uh you want to revisit <laughs> Amazon Prime, there you go. We should I have to restructure this format. I've just been thinking this whole time we've been at the end we recommend something or not. Do we right. recommend things earlier? Like what if we do like a <laughs> <laughs> like the first five minutes is whether or not we recommend, and then the whole thing is us convincing the other people why we like it or not. I don't oh, know. the we'll the thing is, is though I know that we at least have a couple of co-hosts who, you know, at the beginning you think you know what they're going to say, and then by the end either they've talked themselves into something else or they've been talked into something else, <laughs> and they changed. Well, their minds. yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, we always, I've, I've been talked into liking or not liking something more I or less. I agree. Usually. Yeah. Hmm. I think there are times when a movie's not good and we, we talk ourselves, it gets worse as the conversation Well, if goes everyone on. doesn't like it, it ends up being worse in our <laughs> Really headset. bad. Yeah. Yeah, if no one's defending it, then it gets buried. So, two recommends for the Vast of Night. Uh, it's yeah. good to go, go do it. Um, that is it for Vast Tonight. Uh, coming up, we've got uh, Mama K's host picks coming up in a few weeks. So she won't reveal that tonight. She'll reveal that on the next episode, right. uh, our next regular episode. Remember, we're doing one a week of regular episodes and sprinkling in some bonus ones like our host pick this month. Uh, if yeah. you have anything to recommend to us, though, probably won't get to it this year. But once the new year starts and all those horrible January, February, March things come out, whether they're in theaters or streaming. They're still not good. So uh, films with the women of my life. <laughs> no matter on what. Facebook, <laughs> it's just that time of year. It doesn't matter where it comes out. It's not It's not going to be, you're not going to like it. Or J- Jess will like it and no one else will like it. Films with the women of my life on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. You can email the show at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at filmswomenpod. And that's all the housekeeping. Thanks for being on, Mom. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Do you hear that weird sound in the background right now? Huh. Mine or yours? Because we're not in the same place. <laughs> it's coming from War of the Worlds. Oh, you're doing a thing. I thought you were I'm doing a thing. <laughs> I was like, it's a really loud car actually just went right by when you did that, so I thought you meant that. Until <laughs> but... next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.